Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that Gabba Gabba Hunt is now a record store. Well, not really a store, but a booth at an antique store located in Eastridge Mall in Gastonia, North Carolina. Vintage Village is three stores down from Dillard's on the left. And my booth is on the left side of Vintage Village. It's the one with all the records. You can't miss it. I've got over a thousand records, toys, t-shirts, DVDs, VHS, all kinds of stuff there. So come check it out. Gabba Gabba Hunt Records and Vintage Goods located in Vintage Village at Eastridge Mall, Gastonia, North Carolina. You are now listening to the Gabba Gabba Hunt Talks Podcast, where we bring you conversations with people connected to the Carolina's underground music scene. Your host, Mike Phillips of Van Huskins. Hey man, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Hold on a second. I'm gonna we can we can talk, but I'm I'm gonna do a couple of things here just to make sure. Let's see. I'm just setting my sort of getting my levels good here. How you been doing? I'm good. Just gearing up for the release. It's been um, I haven't put out something in almost a year, so it's it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> takes a lot out of you. How about you? Been doing good. Just just working, and work's been slow lately, so it sucks. And uh, just doing this, so <laughs> sweet. That's pretty good, though. Have you gotten a chance to listen to the, the episode with Travis yet? No, I haven't. I was going to um, on Saturday. Okay, yeah, it's it's pretty good. So you just you just graduated college this past uh, or recently? Yeah, in May I did. Yeah, yeah. And awesome. it, I mean, I've. This is where I attended the last few months of college, right in my bedroom. Yeah, because yeah. of COVID. So yeah, and we'll talk. We'll talk about that. I, I want to. I just kind of wanted to bring that up real quick. So we'll talk about yeah. that as part of the interview. So I want to go ahead and do the intro, and I'm talking to uh, Matthew Estevez or just Matt Estevez. What, what do you go by? Whatever you know. My mom, when she's mad at me, she says Matthew, and some people call me Hey Shithead. So it's whatever. <laughs> Whatever you want to say, I'll respond. Yep. And I know I know Matt from uh, from the Gun and from the FUs. We played a show together uh, back yep. before, right before I think right before you moved, or either may, maybe it had been after you went to school and you came back and played a show. I can't remember. I think it was either the second to last show I played before moving off to college, or the last one because yeah. I know I wanted to play with you guys one more time. Yeah, because I didn't know when I'd come back. Yeah, anyway, that was with uh, Nerve Endings as well. That was a great show. Yeah. But um, so I I know Matt from from the gun and from the FUs and uh, is that what you're calling your current project? Is it still the FUs or are you doing it under your name or something? Yeah, it's still the FUs. It's been that I mean ever since I started writing music, um, I was thinking about kind of just changing it, but I couldn't think of any anything clever, so yeah. just kept it, you know. And I uh, I wiped all of the music off of every platform. Uh, so I can just start fresh. Yeah. Okay. And we'll, again, we'll get to all that as we go along. So you are a multi-instrumentalist. I know that, uh, yeah. you, I think you recorded everything on the, on the new album. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, mm-hmm. but how did you get started in music when you were a kid or how did you get interested in music first of all? And then how did you get started playing music? What was your first instrument? Oh goodness. So according to my mom, she says that when I was in the womb, she was playing like Nirvana, the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. if that is possible to influence me when I was uh, inside her stomach, then that's, that's where it started, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I mean, my whole family was so into the Beatles. So that was like my first, like just love for music, 
all that kind of stuff. And then growing up, growing up, learning new music. And then when the iPod came out, I'm like, holy shit, I can have so much music with me. Yeah. Um, I didn't start playing music or wanting to play music until probably middle school because my older brother is two years older than me. He played guitar and he did, I believe he did School of Rock and he did some punk show. And I'm like, holy shit, punk is awesome. I want to do this. Yeah. So I, uh, (laughs) so lame, I was playing Beatles rock band on the drums. Okay. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. So I went to my real drums and I pretended that my real drums were the game as the game was playing. Yeah. And so I learned like all the songs on Beatles Rock Band by just playing on the drums. Okay. <laughs> so that's where I kind of grew. And then from there, I, I started playing and jamming with my brother. And we he needed a drummer for his band and started there. And it's kind of been like ever since. It's just been a continuous grind. <laughs> yeah. So I know there are a lot of people out there that think that like Guitar Hero or Rock Band games are like, you know, why, why don't you pick up a real instrument? Well, the, here's proof that it does sometimes lead to playing a real instrument, sometimes more than one real instrument. Yeah, 100%. Like, especially <laughs> the drums, it's it's all rhythmic. Like, the guitar, I could see it's not really going anywhere, but drums, like, it was a legit drum set, so I just transferred it. Yeah. So when you were, like, a kid, what what kind of music did you listen to? Were you always into, like, stuff like Nirvana and, and like, the music mentioned that your mother listened to? Yeah, I, as much as I can remember, um, I remember the first time I saw uh, or heard a Foo Fighters song. I think I was in middle school. That's yeah. kind of where middle school was where I really just loved music. Yeah. Um, I think that's about the time it usually happens for most people is right around, you know, probably sixth grade. Cause I, elementary school, I, I loved music when I was a kid, but I don't think I really loved love music until I got to be just a couple of years older, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Same. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Foo Fighters really just kind of kickstarted just me wanting to do that. Yeah. I saw it pretender music video i'm like holy shit this is uh this is kind of awesome so yeah other kind of influences just the basics just like led zeppelin beatles um the black eyed peas have played a huge uh part in my music okay. career <laughs> very weird to say but um i wouldn't yeah, expect that but <laughs> yeah i've been it's been weird there's um some kind of like weird ones uh this girl ingrid michelson she plays this like ukulele yeah. and she's taught me a lot about melodies and like kind of keeping things simple and then mixing that influence with like system of a down is like what the hell's happening here okay yeah so you said you started playing drums and then you started playing mm-hmm. in a band with your brother was that was that was it or was it a band or was it just you and your brother jamming um it i believe it just started with me and him jamming and then we kind of just that like relative connection i don't really know how to describe it we kind of like just bounced off of each other pretty well and then he was practicing with his friend, and I was just like, kind of just threw myself in there. I was like, I'm your drummer now. <laughs> and so I just did what they wanted me to do. Um, wasn't that great. I uh, had my first show with them at, um, don't remember where it was, Lunchbox Records. That's okay. where it was. Yeah. Uh, in the alleyway there. So, well, What was the, were you, did you have a name for the band at the time? I guess if you played a show at Lunchbox, you had to have a, a name. Yeah, so when at that time it, they were called um, the Impediments, okay. which I believe was a, 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 a some sort of like secret name for the Replacements back in the day, or the Ramones, or something like that. Yeah. And then they turned into Sheep for some reason. Don't know. That's <laughs> what they were called. I didn't have much to say. So, yeah. You sent me a, a song on uh, through email. Mm-hmm. Is that a song from that band? 
or is that yeah. something from later? That one's my, uh, my my favorite one. Still one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, I believe that was in 2015 or 2014. So just kind of like getting out of high school, still just like exploring the yeah. sounds of music. What did you do from there? I mean, how long did you play with them? And did that turn into anything else? Or did you do anything else between that and From the Gun? Um, so I think that recording that I sent you was the last show I played with them. And then they kind of mm-hmm. found a new drummer. And then I was like, I had this, I was into a lot of punk. I was into really, really, really into System of a Down at the time. Yeah. And Slipknot. So I was just like, I need to just go insane on drums. Like, I need to hit as hard as I can. And then I saw... Travis posted uh, on Facebook somewhere about From the Gun needing a bassist. Yeah. And I had listened to their music, and I'm like, holy fuck, this is awesome. So I learned all their music on bass. I was, I think, about just about to turn 18. Mm-hmm. And I messaged him, like, hey, can I try out? And so we set up a time for me to come over and play with the band. And the day of, he messaged me. He's like, hey, our, our drummer can't make it, or he quit, or something like that. And I'm like, well... I, uh, surprise, I know the songs on drums, too, because yeah. I've been playing along <laughs> with them. So I, I went to their little practice house, and we ran through all of the songs, and they were like, didn't know how we would really do with the 18-year-old drummer, but here we are. Yeah. So I, I joined the band that day. I know Travis said, when I talked to him, that before that even happened, that you and him had talked about, like, you were wanting to play drums. Um, yeah. Or that's, and it may have been bass or whatever before, but that at one point, Everybody kind of felt like you were just too young. Yeah, there was a little uh, hesitance, just because I, they were like, "We, you can't, you literally can't even get to some of the venues." So, like, what's the point? Yeah. So, I think, I think we jammed a few times, and then after one of them, it's just like, "Hey, do you want to just like be the drummer, and we'll we'll figure it out?" And I mean, from there, it was. I played my first out of state gig with them. I've hit as hard as I've ever fucking hit and probably will ever hit. Yeah, man. You, you speed killed. and everything. Man, it was just insane. You just destroyed the drums when you played with them. It was, it was, <laughs> it was, it hurt to watch you play the drums sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that band, the whole band is just, it was very, a very brutal sound. Um, yeah. and, and so that fit very well. And, and while they, you know, the drummers I had before you were, were good. And, and you know, Fred Hutchinson is excellent drummer. Um, I think what you did, and Fred was probably doing some of that already, but what you did and the way you really hit the drums, like really, it, it gave the the live show like a, an extra kind of oomph to it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I feel like um, my age was like right when I, I was like super, super like freshly into punk and like metal and like actually discovering this stuff for the first time. And they were like in their... 30s, I think, early 30s. I don't know their ages very well. Um, Mike in his but, 40s, so Travis in his 30s, yeah. Yeah, 
So I feel like my like fresh just energy and just like uh, unending adrenaline for that kind of music really just helped kickstart that shit back up. Yeah. Actually, I can't remember if we played the show or if I just came out to see you guys play at the station. Was the, I think it was the last show mm-hmm. was from the gun right before you yeah. were getting ready to leave. I remember talking to you after the show because, like, after the show, you, you broke down and you were outside the rest of the night because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you weren't old enough to really stay in the station. You were, you know, they yeah. let you play because you were a part of the band. So yeah. that's changed since then. And I'm sure that that's, that's a, a welcome feeling to, to not have to head out as soon as you get finished playing. Yeah, it, that was the thing, like, even the, at Tommy's, at the old one, um, mm-hmm. I they let me stay because I've played a lot there. Um, but I just like felt weird at a bar and like I couldn't really do anything or like hang out, so I just I left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to stay around or like get the the bartender in trouble or anything, so I just kind of bounced. <laughs> yeah, how long did you play with From the Gun? That because that that band ran its course pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, it felt like I played with them forever, but I think. It was maybe a year, maybe not. Yeah. I don't really know. The timeline is kind of, time is irrelevant right now. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think at least a year. Uh, they had been playing for maybe about a year before that, so about two years seems about right when I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Recorded twice with Brandon Hamby. Did you record, yep. you recorded both of those, right? Or did you just record the second one? I played both of them, both yeah. Band. I played bass on one of the songs, um... I think we only we only wrote one song together. Like all the songs that we played were their old stuff. Yeah. That I kind of just added. I I wrote my own parts, but we only wrote one of the songs to so practice what you preach. And I was just like, that's awesome. I wish we had written more. Yeah. So while From the Gun was going on, were you still playing with your brother? I mean, because you and your brother were in the FUs together, correct? Or were you not? No, was I, it not I, a brother? <laughs> it was not a brother. Everyone um, <laughs> thought we were brothers at the time. Um, that was a friend. 
but my brother, I didn't, uh, I think right when I joined From the Gun, I stopped playing with my brother, and they found a drummer. That's that right. You said, like, fit their style more. Yeah, you said they replaced um, you, or found a replacement yeah. for you. Yeah, but with the FUs, it was my baby, so I didn't want to perform unless I knew a million percent that we could just knock it out of the park. And at the time, obviously, not the best music, but I don't think we really had many shows. I was more focused on just building up like the repertoire and mm. just writing the best music I can and growing as a writer. And then on the side, playing drums and like kind of getting that out. Yeah, the, the FUs was built of me and just two friends from high school, honestly, okay. digging around. Um, and I know you said something about how you kind of wiped the slate clean with the FUs and took yep. all the stuff offline. So that old stuff that you played with the band is not available online anymore? Um, I think it's on SoundCloud right now, and I might just keep it up there because not many people go there anyways. So yeah. it'll it'll probably live on SoundCloud. Cause, cause I'd like to play you know at least a clip of, of a song from that. Yeah, yeah And, and if sure. it's on SoundCloud, I can still find it. But if not, if you want like, to send me one or whatever. Because I, I don't I remember. I remember when we played with you guys. I remember, I remember, I liked it. Um, I don't, but I don't really remember what you sounded like. It's been so long ago; it's just hard to remember. Um, but I do remember really digging it. So, but you Thank said you, you yeah. kind of went in a different direction now. Do you want a little something, something you can hide? Yeah, it was kind of just like, it was not immature music, but it was, the songwriting wasn't mature enough in terms of like structure and playing and like mm-hmm. melody and stuff. It was kind of just like a, exactly what a 16, 17, 18 year old would sound like in a studio. Yeah. Um, and now I, I mean, four years ago, I sounded nothing like this. So I just wanted this to be it, make it sound like it's a new band starting fresh and I don't want people to look at what used to be. I want them to be like, this is it. And yeah. this is what it will be for the future. Yeah. yeah. So that, that that first incarnation of the FUs, when it was, you know, you and your friends. And I guess you probably wrote all the music for that as well. Yeah. I So in all the recordings, I, I played everything. Yeah. Um, I've never recorded. I recorded one song with a, a drummer once. Um, but everything else that was ever recorded, I, I played everything and wrote everything. Yeah. But that was all leading up to you going away to school, and you yeah. you you are your you were I was getting ready to say you are you've graduated like me and Travis were saying on the episode it happened so fast it like seems like just a couple of years ago that you went away to school but I guess it's been a while yeah um, yeah so you you went to school and you're it's Nashville correct Nashville Tennessee yep um, it's a, it's a music school what's what was the name of Bel- Belmont yeah Belmont University Belmont University it's a, a private Christian school and I'm I'm Jewish so yeah. it's like it's been a little weird with that one, <laughs> but but you went for music. I mean, I, I'm not, I said it was a music school. I thought you think you went to study music, correct? Yeah, I'm. It sounds weird, but I majored in songwriting and music business. I was the only rock songwriter mm-hmm. there. Everyone else, obviously, country singer songwriter. Yeah. So after my freshman year, like we would uh, during class, we would just play our music and like kind of critique it and like get all that stuff. And no one fucking liked rock music there. 
they thought it was metal and they're like oh my god it's so loud so my entire belmont career i i was like okay i'm gonna see this as a challenge and just write like folky acoustic stuff Mm -hmm. and get good at that and kind of learn more about structurally songwriting and like what makes other people tick and what other people write and how other people write and then at the same time kind of by myself use that for my personal rock stuff and not show all these like scary white people (laughs) that are afraid of rock music (laughs) so yeah it was weird (laughs) So did you do, do a lot of playing with other people in the school? Like, have you done a lot of different projects while you've been there? Yes. I. So my freshman year, I think about a month into school, I, I played on my first session for someone else. It was, um, so there's audio engineers that major there. Yeah. And there's three studios, and for their projects, they have to record a full song and mix it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I just played there's all usually just cover songs so yeah i don't remember what song i think it was um don't fear the reaper or something like that and i just played drums because uh, someone needed a drummer and i'm like this is the coolest thing in the world so after that i kind of like i learned what a studio musician was and i wanted to do that just to learn more so i think in total i've drummed for at least uh, at least 100 maybe 200 different sessions okay throughout college yeah just for drums i played guitar in a few sang a few played bass for a good amount um and then just played my own stuff kind of just here and there yeah uh it was just i saw college more as just growing instead of kind of like forcing my music down people's throat yeah which is what everyone did so i didn't want to be like that (laughs) yeah and that's a lot of good experience too, like to be able to do that. And was what most of that like just you were sort of like a hired gun where somebody else had written the music, or did you collaborate on any of that? Where you helped write some of that stuff? Um, it was kind of a mix of both. Um, a lot of the sessions for school were just cover songs that, like you, because it's a religious university that can't really you don't have much uh, wiggle room. So mm-hmm. they're like, here's the songs you can do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. I I've tried to build myself up as kind of like, I'm not just going to play the same rhythm on every single song. I'm going to add my own little thing. Um, and it's been getting around a little bit more recently and I've been getting some remote gigs to just play on people's stuff. Yeah. That's always good. I mean, that's, you know, a way to have a career in music for sure Yeah, is to be able to be able to play. And especially uh, we'll, we'll talk, I guess, are you planning on staying in Nashville? Is that where you're going to, to live now or what, what are your plans for? Yeah, so for the foreseeable future, it's going to be Nashville. I mean, can't really go anywhere right now. Yeah. Um, and I haven't really traveled the country or the world that much, so I don't really know where I'd like to live. Definitely don't want to come back to Charlotte. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, that was just, one of my uh, questions, I, was was Charlotte an option? But I guess not. Yeah, I mean, if I hit the lottery or whatever and or get a really good job offer, I'll come back down. But it's just, it's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> It's where I grew up. I don't really need to go back down. Yeah, well, it's, um, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's yeah. honestly, and, and especially, like I said, if you want to do music and make a career of it, you're in a good place to do that. You know, if you don't yeah. mind playing other people's music and maybe something you're not passionate about. But, yeah. you know, I could do that as long as I had Van Huskins on the side, you know, mm-hmm. to keep me happy, personally happy. Yeah. It's a job like any other job. I mean, I go and I deliver pizza now. Somebody could definitely pay me to play bass on a country song, and I'd be like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I love that because when I get paid or even sometimes just doing it as a favor to play on someone's song, yeah. it's just like it's just an opportunity for me to learn about 
what other people are doing and what's kind of like fresh in other people's minds. So, I mean, I've been doing a lot remotely recently because of all the stuff that's going on. But even beforehand, it's just I went into college really hating country music and I hate like current country music. Yeah. But it's just been more tolerable because I try I force myself to look at it as a learning experience rather than a chore. Yeah. So, I yeah. listen to a lot of old country music, like classic country, um, but I don't care for the new stuff. And every now and then, like one of my managers, managers at work will play it. And it's like, Oh my God, I can't stand yeah. it. <laughs> but you know, uh, cause I just don't hear any of the old country in the new stuff. It just sounds to me yeah. like pop music with somebody with a redneck or a, a country accent. I shouldn't say redneck yeah. accent because some rednecks <laughs> have Northern accents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's all the same. And it's, it's very, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's draining, especially up here. Cause people like, they label Nashville as like country, like mm-hmm. central, but I mean now it's just all the studios are getting torn down for apartments, and it's yeah. it's not. <laughs> it's just people are just at home recording music. It's not that like collaborative in person anymore. Yeah. At least in my experience. So I remember like when when you played in the FUs, you were playing guitar at that time, and so yeah. you like I said, you're multi instrumentalist. While you were at school, did you learn any more instruments? Um, I kind of fiddled around with um piano mm-hmm. not that much uh it's just a lot of remembering things i i, I kind of like i want to learn everything but i kind of want to like not master but i want to get as good as i can on guitar bass and drums yeah um before really going out um really want to learn saxophone but <laughs> it's just a weird little thing that um one day i'll i'll set some time and try that out yeah that's when when I was in in school in middle school and I tried out for the band. I wanted to be I wanted to play saxophone, but I ended up playing trombone and sucked at it for like a year and a half. I did too. I, <laughs> I played trombone in uh, middle school and then I played percussion. <laughs> yeah, I, I was pretty pissed off because I remember just thinking, you know, you can't be in a rock band and play trombone. And my dad's like, oh, there are some rock bands that have trombones. I'm like, no, they're not. And then you know, no. like after I graduated high school, like all all of a sudden, ska was big again. It's like there's a trombone player in every band. Of course. <laughs> like maybe I should have stuck with it. <laughs> but now I'm trying to. I, I don't really have the 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 patience to learn piano. But I've got a MIDI keyboard now, and I, I picked up a, a like a full size Yamaha keyboard yesterday. Pretty cheap. So I'm going to start dabbling in keys a little bit. I might see if we can add some to some Van Huskins songs down the road. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I want to challenge myself and try and write a, some sort of ballad, not a rock like a cringy ballad, but something that has piano in it. Yeah. I have, I got one off of a Craigslist for free, and sanded it down and painted it, and we had a big party to just help paint the piano, and everyone spray painted their um their handprint and then signed it. Yeah. So we kind of just have that hanging out and. I haven't touched that thing in so many months. <laughs> yeah, I, I got the MIDI keyboard, and then I got the other keyboard, and I'm like, okay, now I've got them. Okay, now I've got to find time to actually play them. So, yeah, <laughs> that's hard sometimes. So you just you're getting ready to release. Is it a full album? Is it an EP? A uh, couple of singles or? Yeah, so uh, it's going to be a full album. It's eleven songs. Okay. Um, we don't have a release date yet. I think it's going to be sometime in October. Um, but yeah, this is like, I wanted to prove to myself that I could do a full album. Just like, write and play everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, And I've, the main reason I kind of swept everything under the rug was because it was never, like the songwriting, I was not um, ready to be vulnerable and uh, share it with the world. Yeah. 
because I didn't want to be like, oh my god, are you okay? Are you sad? Like, do you need help? Like, I hate, I hate that kind of shit. Yeah. So with this, it was just everything. It's some a lot of songs are about my. I don't have a great relationship with my father, so a lot mm. is about that. Yeah. Um, struggling with depression, and then I never thought I have a really close relationship with my mom, and I never felt I was good enough to write a song about her, and now I kind of feel like I am. So there's two songs about her. Just it's all over the place, and it's yeah. very raw. And I I kind of hope it helps someone feel comfort. Yeah. And so you're releasing the single next Friday, which would. Yeah. I guess will be today if you're listening to the episode, because uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna release this. I'm gonna let you like ha- have the release, and then like later in the day I'll post a, about the podcast online. Yeah, awesome. so people can hear it here, but they can go to Bandcamp and, and download it. Correct. Yeah, yeah, it'll be on every single platform. Or well, I, uh, I say Bandcamp, but I, I should ask you where it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be everywhere, like on Apple Music, on Spotify, and Google Play. I don't know who any, anyone who does that, but. And then I'll, I'll upload it to Bandcamp and uh, SoundCloud and all that stuff. Yeah, and I'll put a link to anything that you have already up, you know, already on there. Um, awesome. So you, you've already said a couple of times that you kind of scrapped the old stuff in order mm-hmm. to just make way for the new stuff. How would you feel that you've grown in the time or how have the songs changed in that time? Yeah, so I feel like kind of like the one thing that stayed consistent um, throughout my entire life of writing is that you you know it's me you can tell it's me playing it like i'm not trying to sound like anyone else i'm not trying to do this or have a riff like this it's just it's what comes out of my head and it's just all of my influences just melding together yeah so i feel like that's always been the constant thing but the thing that's the biggest difference is just the maturity in songwriting Mm -hmm. um i've kind of just gotten the hang and a grip of all the instruments I know what to do instead of just playing the same four chords. It's like it's more riffy, more melodic, yeah. vocally, a lot of harmonies, like big stuff. So it just, I hate the word, but it sounds professional yeah. instead of a hobby. It just sounds super pro- professional. And I mean, we recorded it all in my house. Yeah, We set up a studio and we mixed it and produced it in my living room. Yeah, And it sounds like we did it at a full-fledged studio. Oh, yeah. And you can do that these so, days. It's it's pretty yeah. pretty easy to do that if you know what you're doing. You can really make some great recordings with just whatever you've got, you know. Yeah. So with the single that you're releasing, talk a little bit about about that particular song. Yeah. So this song called "For the Love of God," it was the the song that kind of sparked my desire to um, to make more music, kind of along the same line. I have this not a theory; it's just more of an observance that every maybe 20 songs that I write, it just, for some reason, it's just like 10 times better than the previous 20 songs that I wrote. Yeah. And it just keeps getting better and better and better. And that oh, yeah. becomes the new, <laughs> the new like structure and uh, the new standard. So this was the song, the riff, the main riff that I came up with. I'm like, fuck, this is awesome. And this is raw. And I'm going to like, actually like just continue on this path. So after that song, I just inspired everything else. But it's not directly about anything specific. Um, the riff itself, and when I first wrote it and demoed it, it was just so energetic and just it excited me so much. Yeah. I just I needed to scream about something, and at the time it was like right around when COVID hit and like all this stuff. I'm kind of like cutting some friends out, being around toxic people, cutting them out. Yeah. And I just felt just like if I screamed, no one would hear me. So 
that kind of like was awesome to me. Yeah. I'm just like, I can be as loud as I want and no one's going to hear me. And I kind of <laughs> went off of that. And it was kind of just like being being trapped and then at the end just screaming my balls off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll play like, I'll play that whole song at the end of the episode. But everybody should go and, and like you said, find it on whatever platform you listen to music on, add it to a playlist, like it, follow, you know, all, all the good stuff. Because yeah. all that all that stuff really does help, um, and I know like right now, so it's a, it's a bad time for playing live. We can't play live. Yeah. I don't really know how things are in Tennessee. It's maybe a little different than here. It's but, much worse. Yeah. I was gonna say, but if you're like me, regardless of how it is, I'm not really ready to play out live anyway. But no. what 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 does the future kind of hold for you? I mean, what, what what do you think you're gonna do next? I mean, when we can play live again, are you going to have a band together and try to play? Do you have a, people that you're playing with now that can be the, the FUs? I do. I've, I've had a, a, a steady band for a few shows. Um, my bassist moved back to North Carolina, but my new roommate wants to play bass. Um, yeah. But I'm not really concerned with playing shows at least for another year, year and a half. I kind of yeah. just want to focus on this release and kind of just reaching out to just different people and spreading the music and hopefully getting a following before going out again. Yeah. Um, so I can feel like I have a, a leg up. Um, but my friends and I just started um, a home studio at my house and we've had a few clients already. So we're kind of gearing up to, to focus on that okay. since we can't go out and play. We're just like, well, let's kind of shift and still do our own thing, yeah. but kind of do this together. So yeah, we've had a, a few people come over and record. sounds awesome. Um, but I'm just writing and recording. I'm already recording another album yeah. <laughs> and this, this album's been done. So just still doing the grind. There's not much I can do. <laughs> yeah. Usually finishing up an album and like doing all the mixing and everything and listening to it over and over again, all, all that does is inspire you to write more stuff. So yeah. just as soon as you're done with one, you're already working it. You're halfway into the next one. Really? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. We've, I've already conceptualized the, the new one and this one's been done for a few weeks and, just hitting it hard already.
this is the the first of many songs that are going to come out. Are you going to release other ones as singles, or are you going to re- release the one single and then put it all out as an album later, or just? Yeah, so we have a another single called "I'm Still Me" that's coming out uh, officially September 18th, okay. day before my birthday. Yeah, um, and that one deals with um, one of my friends who came out as trans uh, last okay. year, and yeah. they're my best friend. They were the bassist in the FUs for a long time. Yeah, so it was just about that and exploring that rawness and from their perspective. Um, so yeah, that's coming out in September. Yeah, just if anyone. Yeah, you know of likes the song, just send it to him. Yeah, <laughs> or that kind of that kind of vibe. Oh yeah, just trying to get the word out. Follow on Facebook and and again on Spotify or Apple Music wherever yeah. you listen to music. So once we can play shows again, is there? Mm-hmm. I, I know you still have a Charlotte connection. You're from Charlotte. You're you're going to yeah. come back to Charlotte. You're going to bring the FUs to Charlotte to play some shows, right? A hundred percent. Oh yeah. yeah. None yeah. of the old stuff. All the new stuff. Just hit in the paint. Hit it as hard as we can because I. Obviously, I want to play a show with you guys yeah. and anyone else that I've used to play with now that I'm actually stable and mature and I can drink with everyone now. Yep. So. <laughs> Do a, tra- a, a trash room FU's Van Huskin show. That'd be awesome as hell. That would be a dream. <laughs> I would love that. So so definitely, you know, don't turn your back on us when you become famous. Come back and see us. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I honestly, I, I say this. In, in private, I think I probably said on the podcast a couple of times, but the the young talent that we have from this area, and I know you're not in Charlotte anymore, but I still you're mm-hmm. you're a North Carolina musician, so that's why. Yeah. Uh, but the talent that we have in this area, it's the young kids. They're they're the ones. They're they're, they're going to be our saviors. They're the ones that are going to make a difference. So, good luck to you guys, because us old people, we can't do it anymore. We're just going to have to play locally and dimensional. Like, screw that, like yeah. big time <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because of our our acts our. Just, at our fingertip access to every single song ever created essentially mm-hmm. that's what really inspired like just helped me i'm just like oh i wonder what music sounded like in the 20s boom yeah. have it on youtube instead yeah. of having like find it at a record store or something yeah because it was hard growing up when i was younger before napster even like you know we, we yeah. could we could copy cassette tapes but we basically had to buy everything we listened to or, or hear it on the radio yeah, yeah. My mom was just like, "Oh man, even just the first iPod was mind blowing." Yeah, and I was just like, kind of just casual, like, "Yeah, it's whatever. It could hold more." The first iPod, man. The first five CD changer. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> wow, so much music right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used to have one of those portable CD players that would like, if you jumped, it would skip. And yep. <laughs> it really pissed me off. So. An iPod was the best. I remember having one of those little portable CD players, and I used to try to wear it. It had like a strap on it. I'd wear it around my shoulder. And I'd try to cut grass while I was listening to it. It didn't, <laughs> did not work at all. I went back to cassettes pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, this will sound bad, but I've, I've never uh, listened to a cassette before. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wouldn't know how to how to play it. Cassettes are honestly, they, they good cassettes sound way better than CDs ever sounded. Especially on a good on a, a good cassette player, but you know, most people have not even listened to a cassette on good cassette. Even most people my age always listen to cassettes on cheap ass cassette players. And uh, mm. man, I've got a good one now, and I've the one I had when I was younger was not terrible, but it wasn't great. But I've got a really good one now, and even my old cassettes that are like thirty, forty years old sound awesome on it. Wow. So yeah. Uh, but I understand I, I've got one right here that I was playing with a minute ago that's broken that I need to try to fix. I think maybe the cat's eating part of it now, so I might be missing more of it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's one reason why cassettes suck is because they broke all the time. 
Got it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really want to get into that because there's a there's a local uh, Nashville. Sh- I don't even know if it's like a storefront or if it's just out of someone's house, but they they uh, they're called Banana Tapes. They they focus on releasing current music on tape. I'll be honest. I mean, we we didn't sell more cassettes than we did CDs, but it was wow. they sold faster than our CDs did. And I think when we play live, the ones I have left will sell pretty quick as well. Um, it's a niche yeah. product, and a lot of people will buy it and not ever, not ever even play it. They'll just use the yeah. download code and download it, or they'll just listen to it on Spotify. But apparently cassettes are, are a good way to sell physical media these days because people see it and go, oh, that's different. I'll buy that for five bucks, you know. Right. Or that, whereas I see every band that comes through has got a $10 CD. So a lot of people that's skip true. those and go, oh, I'll buy this cassette, even if they never listen to it. This has been a Gabba Gabba Hunt Media Production.